Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello! And welcome to the Give and Go Girls Basketball Podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson. I am the girls basketball beat writer for Game Time CT, and we are joined, as always, by the lovely Pete Pugaga. Pete, how are you? Lovely, thank you so much. I mean, uh, have you ever been called lovely before? No, never, never. No. Usually, a lot meaner things, but uh, I'll I would take never, lovely. I wouldn't say anything mean about you. I don't know the music that I was making you listen to before the show. I think that might change your mind. That was not lovely, but <laughs> I will uh, accept it and move on because you weren't singing. At least it wasn't as bad. Yes, just wait till we get to baseball, though. Uh, I can't wait for baseball. <laughs> uh, I love basketball, but this is like my favorite time. One of my favorite times of the year. The the, the winter post seasons are so awesome. It just started too. We got um, track was this past track weekend. this weekend. We yeah. got state opens for track. I believe we have wrestling class meets this weekend as well. Girls conference tournaments start Thursday. Girls conference tournaments start, and then hockey and basketball are next week. I, I, you know, I really like the way it's set up where they get track and kind of wrestling. They get their they get their times to shine. Yeah, which is awesome because we did we did some awesome coverage this weekend with um, track at the class meets. We're going to do the same with with the state open and wrestling, and then then when we hit the tournaments for girls basketball, boys basketball, and hockey, it's it's like a sprint. It's yeah. like a sprint to mid-March, and then it's, it, I mean, it's chaos. It, it is just, it's organized chaos for like three weeks. Ends with a trip to the Mohegan Sun for us, no matter what. Um, no offense to everyone else, but you should see the spread in the back for the media. I mean, <laughs> bomb. You want to talk brownies, <laughs> cookies? But, uh, it's a nice spread. <laughs> and I, going to Mohegan is like my favorite thing. I love baseball, but going to Mohegan for that full day of, of two, basketball. Two, 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 days, two days, really. Two, days yeah, now, two yeah. full days of basketball is awesome. Um, we have a special guest this week. Uh, Anthony Russell of East Haven, the East Haven girls basketball coach, is going to come on with us in a couple of minutes. Um, and we are going to talk to him about his team moving up to Class L this year, going through the SEC, which I thought was the best conference in the state this year in girls basketball, and lots of other stuff. He was at Mohegan last year he with his was. team. We so. got to talk about that after a year, uh, almost a year after, about a year later. Months, yeah, he 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 talked. He basically walked us through the final play, and because you know. I did this on the hockey podcast too. With uh, I had Matt Davey on from Granite. He scored the overtime winner in the state semifinals. And I remember talking to him after the game, and he's like, "I have no words." And it's like, "Okay, yeah, I, I understand that." So I got, I got him. I had him a couple of months ago, and I was like, "All right, take me through that play finally." And he was able to like kind of 
finally look back and be like, this yeah, is really cool. So a little perspective on it because when you're yeah. in that moment, it's just so overwhelming. Just, and they won on the last second shot, and yeah. it was like this great epic game that people will never forget. That's one um, that people are still. That, that's when we said it to him in the interview, and we don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, don't spoil. It. I don't want to spoil it. Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, he. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but we just got to talk. I don't even know what I'm saying. Just continue without me. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, instead of spoiling it, we're just going to get right to the interview. So listen, uh, here's our interview with East Haven coach Anthony Russell, and we'll be back right afterwards on Give and Go. We are joined now by East Haven basketball coach Anthony Russell. Anthony, welcome to Give and Go. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How, uh, how, I don't know. How's everything going? Great, great. Just gearing up for the postseason. Uh, look, I you know a lot of things can happen when you get into these tournaments, uh, and seedings don't always matter. But how important was it for your girls to to secure that number one seeding in in the SEC? Well, I think just alone getting the uh, getting that first round by, mm-hmm. you know, as the se- as the season wears on, when you play twenty regular season games, and then you know anywhere from two to eight postseason games, it, it could wear on them both mentally and physically throughout that three or four months. So anytime you can, you know, you can shed one game and move right into the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament, it's always a plus. And, and the league's really tough this year. Uh, what was it like, uh, you know, night in and night out going through that league this year? Yeah, it, it didn't matter who you were playing. You, you, if you didn't show up, you were going to get knocked off. I mean, if you just look at the seating alone in the SEC tournament, from really from one all the way to ten, it's really it's really an open tournament and hand is a 13 seed this mm-hmm. year and you know they've lost probably five or six games by i think four or five points so they could easily be a 15 and 5 16 and 4 team and mercy drew them in the first round so it shows you how much parity there is in the league this year and how if you know you don't show up you can get knocked off by anybody yeah, and Sheehan, Amity, Law, Foreign, uh, they've all been really tough this year, too. I mean, was it just a fight every night? And then how much does that prepare you going into the postseason, you know, to have that night in and night out? Yeah, I mean, it's great to have those games because it mimics postseason basketball. Um, and, you know, it, a lot of times, really, when you're playing teams, it's a lot about ma- it's all about matchups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there could be a team that can be, you know, 5 and 15, 10 and 10, and you could be you know, a 15 and five, 17 and three team, but it's just, you're, you don't match up very well against one of those teams. And when you're playing them twice, it, it makes it really challenging. Um, I mean, you know, Lyman Hall is a nine and 11, 10 and 10 team. And we barely beat them at their place. To be honest with you, they should have won that game. We get, we got out of there. We were lucky. And then at our place, they played us tough. Yeah. You know, and we, we've had a lot of tight games, um, throughout the season and you know the last three games we had Hamden Amity and and Mercy and we lost two out of three Hamden by four and Mercy by one and uh, you know just broke away from Amity at the end of the game so that was that kind of mimicked postseason basketball going right into the SEC tournament yeah your four losses this year were by a combined nine points (laughs) that really speaks Mm -hmm. to how tight these games were night in and night out doesn't it yeah it was um you know it, it, it was it's nice to have those lopsided wins sometimes, sure. where, you know, um, you know, where you can kind of, you know, get up quick and coast, but you know, those aren't really helping you when it comes to the postseason. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're a relevant team and, and, and we're playing at a high level and, uh, and I'm glad that the, I'm glad for the league, you know, that, um, 
you know, that we have that many competitive teams and, you know, hopefully in the postseason they all do well. Yeah, and <clears throat> speaking of the league, I mean, and your guys' schedule, you losses to New London, who's one of the top teams. Hamden's mm-hmm. been one of the top teams. Um, East Lime's got 12 wins. Mercy is Mercy. I mean, I think we all assumed Mercy was going to figure it out by the time Mar- uh, February and March <laughs> rolled around. Um, I but, agree. But now heading into the L tournament, you know, uh, aside from the SECs, but now heading into the L tournament, I mean, East Lime is in L, but no Hamden, no New London, no Mercy. How did that prep you guys now for a run in L, which, you know, you guys were in M last year. You won M. You know, the girls on the team know what it takes to win a title. Now you guys are upper class. Mm-hmm. And you've or three of your four losses are to double L teams. Yeah, I mean, there's some really good teams in L, though. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not a, it's not a top-heavy tournament. I think the biggest difference between S to M to L to double L is that, you know, you might get one of those games in the beginning if you're a top seed where you can kind of cruise. Mm-hmm. But as you start moving up in the divisions, it's pretty much four or five games are going to be dogfights if you want to get to the end. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Hill House. They're 17-3. and three. Uh, they're the four seed in, in L tournament. You have Notre Dame, of Fairfield, Windsor, uh, Pomperog is fifteen and five. And if you look down, I mean, East Lime's a ten seed. They're a good yeah. team. Uh, defending champion Ram is eleven and nine. Farmington ten and ten. Um, Daniel Hand is nine and eleven. They're a nineteen seed. I think yeah. you want to pick them up in the in the first or second round. Um, you know, so I think it's going to be a, a very competitive tournament. And I think there are a couple teams that. You know, would be considered favorites, but I, I really believe it's um, you know it's, it's going to be kind of mimic the SEC, where there's a lot of teams that are going to be getting knocked off that are higher seeds. How how much did um, running the table last year in M help you guys for this year? Because you know you lost a couple of players from that team, but McKenzie's back, uh, Reganey's mm-hmm. back. You have so many pieces from that title team back, ready for another run. Yeah, I mean, I think getting a taste of, 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 of that last year, um, you know, r- really has them kind of thinking about getting to the ultimate goal. But a lot, I mean, most of the time we try to just talk about the next game in front of us and enjoying the process, um, you know, because if you, you get so focused on the end product, you don't enjoy it all the way through, or you might overlook somebody and get knocked off. Uh, but yes, going through that definitely helped us because even if there were some kids that didn't play a whole lot, now we have some kids that are inserted into the starting lineup. Taylor Salado, Aaron Curran, um, you know, just to name a few. Uh, they, they know what it's like to be in big games and, and they, you know, they want to be a part of it. And then you have Helms, Regini, and Penzewater who were part of that, you know, who were starters on that championship team last year that you know, they know what it takes to get there, and and you know, hopefully we can we can make a run. Yeah, how those uh, you know, Kern and Salado are sophomores now, but as freshmen to get to go to Mohegan Sun and see all that, what was that experience like for them? You know, going in there as freshmen, and I mean, even Regani, she she was a sophomore last year, as was Penswitzer, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Mackenzie's your only senior starter. Yeah, I mean, our starting five is is Helms, and then it's two juniors and two sophomores, yeah. and we have two sophomores and a freshman coming off the bench and we, we you know out of our four seniors really two of them get a, get a whole lot of varsity minutes so we're still a relatively young team and you know just talking to them in practice and after the whole experience I think they feel exactly the same way I do you know like 
it was a wonderful experience. I really wish it for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that's not possible that every team and every player can get there. But just the whole week leading up where you, you go to the banquet and all the reporters are interviewing the kids and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then driving into Mohegan and you walk into the arena, you know, you feel like you feel like you're almost in the NBA. Yeah, and, that's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's just – and then playing in that arena and, and winning in the fashion that we did, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was really – it was really a storybook finish. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And, you know, knowing that, I think they know what's at stake and, and they would and they would love to get there, even for the kids that just joined the team this year. So, you know, hopefully we stay healthy, we get good draws, and, uh, and we play well because really tournament basketball is all about just, you know, surviving and advancing. It doesn't matter if you win by 10 or by 1. As long as you win and you move ahead, that's really all that matters. It's so it's, we're coming up, you know, you talked about the way that you guys won last year, which unf- I actually wasn't there. I was at Yale. <laughs> uh, I came up that night, but, uh, you know, we've everyone's seen the video. We had like a thousand different angles. We had like four <laughs> different guys around the arena. Um, it's mm-hmm. uh, coming up on a year on that. Have you looked back on that and just been like holy crap that was amazing <laughs> like i feel like it's a year later you're a year removed you probably say i imagine after the game you know you said something along the lines of hey we drew up that play we knew what was coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah it happened just the way i drew it up. Uh, <laughs> me on the putback. um yeah you, you know what i have like about 10 different angles in my phone and there'll be some times randomly where i'll just go to my videos and just play it and, and remember that, you know, like when I was watching the ball go up after Bella got the rebound, it was like slow motion. Yeah, I bet. You know, it really, it really was like, and I, and I couldn't believe it when it went in. And, uh, you know, and then the kids just erupted and went to center court. But, uh, you know, it, it's beyond my wildest dreams. And, and I think that that's the kind of feeling that all the kids have. And, uh, you know, if they could potentially do that again, I, I know that they would be, you know, They'd be so happy. Yeah, I mean, that play is right up there with one of the greatest finishes at Mohegan Sun. That's right up there with, yeah. um, oh, her name is escaping Maria me. Wesley. Yes, for mercy. Was, yes. That, I mean, that was, that was, that was amazing. I mean, that's the one that comes to mind when I think of, you know, those type of end-of-the-game plays. That was ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, I spoke um, to her the day after uh, we did an interview with her, and she mentioned that East Haven play as being, like, right up there with, with that kind of finish. And, I mean, it's only been a year, but it's still one of, like, probably one of the greatest, I think, finishes that I've ever seen through my phone because I wasn't there. But When you get to Mohegan, <laughs> are you, do you have to do anything different with the kids to kind of get them to understand that you're just going to go out and play a basketball game? Is it like a Hoosier situation where you're measuring the hoops and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, to what be, do you do when honest, you – Yeah. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was probably just as much in awe as they were. Right. You know, um, it, it was my it was my first experience. I mean, I remember sitting and watching the game previous to us, and just saying to my assistant coaches, "I cannot believe we're here." Yeah. You know, and and then you know you go into the into the locker room and you see the live feed, and then you know uh, you go out there and you shoot around for a little bit, and then the crowd starts to fill in, and. Um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't do anything differently as far as our pregame, but I think the atmosphere probably brought out some different emotions. And, and it's not an easy place to play either. No, it's you a know, big, it's, it's a, a deep, deep, right? Yeah, it's a tough place to shoot. I talked to a few coaches who played 
in you know played there previously you know it, it's tough to hear so you have to make sure your your kids are are really paying attention to you for instructions it's a tough place to shoot from the perimeter mm-hmm. you know so a lot of coaches advise trying to get to the basket more you know it was um it was it was a whole different feel but we you know we attacked the game the same way in in general in tournaments how do you keep a kid focused on not looking ahead to the sun not looking at the brackets ahead of them and and like you said earlier just focusing on the one game ahead of them like what do you guys do just in a general sense to to keep them focused game to game and not not looking ahead i think just consistently telling them that in the beginning of practice and the end of practice after we meet you know just not not talking about anything besides the game in front of us you know whether it was New London this year, or Mercy, or Amity, or Lyman Hall, or Laurelton. We were we were dialed in on what they do offensively and defensively, what their personnel, who their personnel are, what they're capable of, and trying to take it away. And you know, and I think that if you have that type of mentality for 20 regular season games, it kind of carries over into the playoffs, realizing that you can't look ahead. And I think a lot of the close games this year that we either won or lost. Um, kind of resonates with them, and, and, and they know that it's one game at a time. When you have a player like uh, Mackenzie Helms, who is one of, if not the best player in the state, one of the best players in the state, when you have a player like her, how much easier does it make playing the schedule that you guys have had or, or the fact that maybe you guys are never out of a game? I, I saw you guys earlier this year at New London, early season game, you know, 1-2 in the poll or 2-3, whatever it was at the time, and – New London went up by a lot, and then all of a sudden, here comes Mackenzie. She shoots you guys right back into the game. She's done it again. She's done it numerous amount of times. It's got to maybe make your job a little easier. <laughs> yeah, she's terrific. You know, I mean, uh, and and she's terrific all around. Besides, athletically, she does she does extremely well in school. She's she's a worker bee, both in school and out of school. Um, as far as her basketball ability, I just I don't I might be a little biased. But I don't think anybody has the skill set that she has, the comprehensive skill set. I mean, she could handle, she could shoot, she can pass the ball. I mean, some of her passes are no luck a la Magic Johnson passes. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how she sees the floor. Um, She defends, she rebounds, and she makes people on her team better, both while she's on the floor and even when trying to pick them up. She's a really, really good teammate. So I think that when you have somebody that encompasses all of that, you're never really out of a game because that type of attitude and that type of play is contagious. And, you know, uh, it's, you you said it, you know, I'll just echo what you said and you said it correctly. When you have somebody like that, you're really never out of a game, Yeah. you know, because you know that she can just go off at any moment or set up her teammates and put them in good positions to score if they need to, if she draws the defense um, or find them in the half court set or in transition, you know. So she's she's a she's a wonderful player to have, and, and she's been the focus uh, of a lot of teams' defenses. Obviously, when she comes in this year, mm-hmm. she's still able to get her points. I, I mean, is that just a product of how, of how good she is, or, or how determined she is? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear the the, the beginning part. Uh, she's been she, she's obviously the focus of your opponent's defenses when they come in. I mean, she yep. must have seen mm-hmm. some box and ones or triangle and twos or whatever this year. She's still able to get her points. She's still able to get the ball in and, and distribute. What does that say about her that she's able to get through those kind of junk defenses when they get thrown at her? I, that, that's a good question, and I think that it says more about what we have on our team rather than just her. Right. 
you know, because a lot of times when when teams get so McKenzie focused, they don't realize that we have, you know, Lexi Fenzywater who has you know 160 career threes and had 73 point goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, she can shoot from the perimeter, and then you have Bella Regini who is really our unsung hero. Mm-hmm. She just does everything, and she draws. She draws the toughest defensive assignment every night, mm-hmm. you know, and she, you know, she's averaging like seven points, six rebounds, six steals a game. She does a lot of the stuff that don't show up in the box score. And if you sleep on her, she'll get you at some point. Um, or if you, you know, don't Taylor box her Salado, out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Taylor Salado is emerging as, as one, of the, one of the better interior players in the SEC. Aaron Curran really – I think Aaron's really going to have a breakout year next year. She could handle with both hands. She could shoot. Mm-hmm. She sees the floor really well. And then we have a pretty good bench. You know, we have a lot of Doheny coming off the bench, another senior who came back this year. Uh, Angelina Munoz, who's a six-foot sophomore who is improving every single day. And um, Kate Pisella, who is a freshman guard. You know, so we have a lot of kids that, you know, have the capability of being good, good basketball players. And she really just makes them better. That's got to be a nice thing to have. Um, so how is the team ready? Regular season's over. Guys heading into the SECs. What's the team's mentality now with the postseason? Obviously, you know, I'm sure every coach we talk to, they're like, we have goals set at the beginning of the year. You know, win our division, win our conference, go to, you know what I mean? And now, you know, you guys are here ready to, to embark on the postseason. What's the team's mentality like? Um, yeah, I mean, I think – it's kind of, it's very similar to what you just said of other teams. Our first goal was to get eight games and qualify for the SEC and state tournament. Um, then it's win our division, which we've done the last four years. Then it's win the SEC. And then it's win whatever class that we're in. And, you know, some years the goals are a little more lofty than others. Um, you know, but if we have that consistent goal setting and message, you know, um, I think the kids rally around that. And, you know, once you start becoming successful, you know, I think that maybe kids that would have left and went somewhere else to a prep school, to, you know, to a Catholic school, um, you know, I see it now with the younger kids. They're always at our games and, um, you know, they, they want to come to East Haven and play. So that type of success, when, when kids see that, it kind of it kind of keeps the ball rolling. And, and you know, right now we, we have a lot of kids that are both in the program and coming up that are enthusiastic about playing. And, you know, with, with, with maybe some more success this year, you know, that can keep happening and we can, you know, keep playing at a high level year in and year out. Have you seen the youth program in East Haven kind of filtering now into your, into your varsity? And like you said, they're showing up at the games. Uh, are you seeing them come right up and, and ready to play? Yeah, I mean, there's some continuity because my middle school coach is also my um, – fall league and summer league coach oh perfect yeah um and a lot of the stuff they run at the middle school is what we run up at the high school now they don't run it in the same capacity as we do but at least they get kind of the bones of the system Mm -hmm. um and then the younger kids there's a lot of there's a lot of um parents that uh you know that are enthusiastic about the kids coming to the high school i mean it's a great facility Mm -hmm. academically it's really improved and um you know the athletic the the girls athletic programs are, are pretty consistent and, you know, when you see all of that, it, it, it's an easy choice for a parent to tell them to come here. Uh, listen, Anthony, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us uh, on your snow day, your day off. <laughs> and uh, we want to wish you the best of luck moving forward in the SECs and um, 
and the state tournament. Yeah, Coach, we'll definitely see you. Um, we forgot to mention that uh, I'm currently running the East Haven bandwagon. Oh, that's right. Pete um, is running the East Haven. I, 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 don't, I don't know <laughs> if, you, if you've listened. My, my, uh, my, my, my wife's on it. Oh, good. Yes, yes, me, yes me and your wife, C for pride. <laughs> uh, we're running the, uh, the East Haven bandwagon. So uh, I think, wait, when does the SEC start? There, uh, they, the SEC the playing uh, first round games are this Thursday, and then the quarterfinals are at they, they play Saturday. Friday. Right. Yeah. So you have in, all all the listeners, you have until Friday to join the bandwagon before tip off for the SECs, or you're not allowed to come. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks I appreciate for, I appreciate that, and thanks so much for having me on, and thanks for your continued coverage of girls basketball. You guys do a great job. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's a lot pleasure. of fun. And uh, any other Disney movies on tap for today after you get past Toy Story three? I think we'll probably just re- go right back to Toy Story One and just uh, you know and keep looping all the way through. Finding Nemo hasn't found he hasn't really he hasn't really grabbed uh, you know grabbed onto that one yet. But um, so we'll see what happens. But um, guys, I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, Coach. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. Okay, thank you. Right, Take later. care. Bye. 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 We're back on Give and Go. That was a fun interview with Anthony Russell. Um, he, he was great. Home on his snow day, taking yeah. time. Uh, watching Toy Story 3. Watching Toy Story 3, yeah. I mean, look, it's... You it's know, he's going to cry. It's, it? it's honestly, it's... it's I, The first time I saw that movie, I, I, I wept. I, I didn't see it coming. No, you don't see it coming. Um, it's so unfair. It's like you're it watching really is unfair. fun little Toy yeah. Story 3, and, and then, all of a sudden... Pun intended, my childhood was going up in flames in yeah, front the, of my eyes. The mom's getting rid of the toys, yeah. kids going to college. It's. Ugh. I mean, Toy Story came out when I was... Toy Story came out when I was five. Yeah, you grew up so with like, Andy. I grew up with, with Woody and Buzz, and then when they're in that thing, and they're almost on fire, and so many emotions. Now they're bringing it back for a fourth one. Oh, that's going to be brutal. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be... I could, I could barely get through Toy Story 3. I know. I don't think I can go in for Toy Story 4. <laughs> My kids can't see me like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like we mentioned before, the conference tournaments are coming up, uh, and then the state tournaments after that. Last night I was on the state website for a while trying to figure out where teams are going. Um, most teams have wrapped up their regular season. A few teams have a game left. The FCAC has a few games left uh, tonight. I mean, t- I'm sorry, Wednesday night, tomorrow night. Um, here's a question for you. Do you know how the by lot tiebreakers are done? Because if there's a tie, they go to this thing called by lot, and they and that's how they decide the tiebreakers. Like it's not winning percentage or league wins. Or so like that. Um, the by lot tiebreakers are yeah. determined before the season. Yeah. By the computer, assigning each team a random number between one and one million. Did you if, know this? You just no. I'm it? looking. I'm reading it right. Oh, so the you CIA didn't. I, I, I didn't. Know. I know what. I didn't are. know what it was. So I was asking you. Oh, right? I thought I wanted to show off how smart I was. <laughs> Good. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so uh, if two teams are involved in a bylaw tiebreaker, the team with the higher number assigned will prevail. So you want $1 million, um, to yeah. see who would win, So and they can do it on the site. Yeah. And it, it is cool because you can go on the site and type in two teams. I don't know if it's actually cool or if just something I was doing. From, I like it. From like 11 to 12. Months. Yeah. <laughs> you go down these weird wormholes when you're doing uh, research for these things. Yeah. Uh, but I want to say on Game Time CT – we are going to have uh, conference tournament outlooks for all the girls' tournaments. Uh, those will be up Wednesday night. Um, I'm also I've been talked into making predictions for every. You like making predictions? Come on! I have to say I like making predictions. Yeah, you do. Um, so we're, that's also going to be on Game Time CT ahead of every game. So when the games end on one night, 
later that night. We will put up the predictions for the next day. Yeah, and that will be updated up to date as the games finish. The brackets will be um, updated. So we'll have up to the minute. And then we'll, I think we'll keep that going in the States. It sounds fun. I believe so. I, I believe, think people like predictions. I believe so. Sean has done that every year. Yeah. That game time's been around. Um, people really like it. Yep. Um, this is, I guess, I guess this is my first year having to, to do it because I came in, I came in during the semifinals last year. So I was like, I walked in, I was like, this is great. I had to do nothing in the first three rounds. That's right. Pete's like, a, we're, we're almost a, we're like a, a month away from a year of you I think back it, at game time. I think, yeah, it was like March. Yeah, right in the middle of the state tournament. It's like March 9th, 8th. Yeah. I, I, my first day was a Thursday. That's a hectic time to jump no, in. No, my first day was a Wednesday because I remember my last day at my last job was a Monday, which was really weird. I just had to get a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. They're like, why don't you just have Friday? I was like, no, I, I really need to get like all this stuff done before I leave. That's a dedicated guy on his last day at work. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, all that conference tournament stuff is going to be on Game Time CT. We really hope you go and check that out and um, and see what's happening. Uh, last night, we had kind of a crazy night where three top 10 teams lost. Um, let me see if I can bring this up. Um, so Colby lost to Pomperog last night. Uh, Newington lost to Weathersfield. And then uh, Norwalk beat Trumbull. So we had three top 10 teams down, go down, uh, Norwalk beating Trumbull. But Pomperog and Weathersfield are on fire to end the season. Going to be really tough in their conference tournaments. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna the poll's going to come out on Wednesday. We'll see if Newington gets knocked out now or if Colby falls out. Um, Mercy's the team I would think that would slip back into the top ten. They're absolutely on fire. I've been voting them in the top ten. I think the last two weeks. Oh, and sorry, they beat East Haven last night. That was another top ten loss. Yeah, so they beat East Haven last night. Um, so four teams in the top ten lost on the last day or second to last day of the season. Yeah. Crazy. It, it had been pretty steady for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think that just it shows that the poll, as fun as it is to do and, and everything, you know, we're not really going to know who the, I guess, official top ten is until the end of the season. I think you know, no, you can't that. know, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, and that, I think that, that shows that there's really good, there's, there's really good girls basketball being played at the right time. So since I'm going to do the predictions, I started looking at at, at double L, and I I, ha, I can't like as of right now, I have to see the brackets and how that all breaks down. But I can't pick a winner between Norwalk, New London, Hamden, Trumbull, and then even when you go down into Newington, uh, Newtown, East Hartford, Eo Smith, those are all legitimate contenders. Do for we that. want to do and Mercy? Do we course. want to do some 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 predictions for no reason that make no sense and we're just shot in the dark? Come on, we, we're gonna do we're gonna do our official predictions before the state tournament starts. Are you you mean like a dark horse in each? I don't know. I'm just gonna look at it. Um, right now in double L, I'll take I'll take Mercy. Wow, I I said that before the year. I mean that's a uh, eh. I mean look, Mercy's won like eleven in a row, twelve in a row in state. Now they haven't lost forever. They just beat East Haven. If you're going to pick a lower seed in double L, <clears throat> I think that's obviously the way to go, 15-5. and five. Um, I'm interested to see how these teams from the CCC do. <clears throat> so Newington, East Hartford. Um, if I'm picking, I mean, it's hard to go against Mercy if you're picking a lower seed there. Uh, I think any of the top four can win it. Um, you know, a team like Ludlow or Staples could also be dangerous coming out of the FCAC and even Danbury there going too. in. Danbury is really dangerous too. That they're, they're a good team. Like just pick a team, Scott. <clears throat> just shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. Quick, 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 quick. 
Uh, Ludlow. Heard it here first. Scott said Ludlow's winning double L. (laughs) (laughs) In L, quick, I'm going to take East Haven because I've been riding that. uh, Well, that's the top five, so you're going with... I I, I can't not pick. I can't not pick East Haven. Okay. I have to pick East Haven. I'm the chairman of the bandwagon. All right, then I'm going East Lime, uh, 12 and 8. If we're, I'm, I'm going teams outside the top right. five seeds. All right, if I'm going to go a team outside the top five seeds in L, I'm looking at Ram or Farmington. Awesome. Two teams yeah. that struggled at the beginning of the season, playing really well. They both were in the finals last year. All right, Class M. Oh, what did I call Class it? M, I like Sheehan, 14 and 6. Liv Robles is awesome. Got to yeah. watch her for two years. She's a senior this year. Just scored her thousandth point a couple weeks ago. She's good. Um, I, I like Holy Cross. Holy Cross, I feel like, is always there. Yeah. Uh, they're always in the mix. Uh, good NVL. So my pick would be Holy Cross. And then S. S. I, I, I like Trinity uh, Catholic coming out of the FCI. Uh, they're borderline top five. They might be a top five. If I was going to go away from Trinity, maybe Cogginchog at 13 and 7. I don't know. Cogginchog's a good pick. They won it last year. <coughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with with uh, a Berkshire League team, not in the top five. Yeah. So the next Berkshire League team available is where are they? Gilbert. <laughs> uh, Gilbert, yeah, there it is. Gilbert at twelve and six, which is awesome because when I was up there covering, I don't think they won a game. Wow. So maybe they they won a couple, but it wasn't it wasn't a good time. Oh, but Thomaston is in. Thomaston. Thomaston is in. Eight and ten. Eight so and ten. Always yeah. dangerous. The Bears. Always dangerous. The fight, the Bears never die. Uh, the number one seeds, uh, Norwalk's pretty much locked up, is locked up double L. Uh, Notre Dame Fairfield should have L secured. Uh, in M, <coughs> uh, Northwestern has two losses. Cromwell, Colby, and Sacred Heart all have three. Uh, Canton is leading Class S at 19 and 1. I don't think Housatonic Regional can catch them with points, but if they do and they are tied, uh, Housatonic wins the by-lot tiebreaker in that situation. Wow. I don't think situation. they'll catch them. I, I, power, I don't think they're going to catch them. Their power points are so different, and that's because the Berkshire League plays a predominantly Berkshire League schedule. Well, and Canton also went out of conference a few times and played some yeah. some tough teams. So. we got, we got to give love, speaking of L, uh, of S, we got to give love to Windsor Locks. Oh, uh, they're 10-10. Yeah. and 10. They listen to the show every week, Yeah, and uh, I feel like we haven't mentioned them, so... Shout out to Windsor Locks. Windsor Locks. 10 and 10. I think they're going to make some noise in that class S. Uh Uh-oh, you heard it here first. Noise. Scott picked Fairfield Ludlow to win double L and Windsor Locks (laughs) to make noise. Make the shirts. I just want to say that next week will be our official predictions. Yeah. Next week will be official predictions. I just like making Scott feel awkward. So don't hold me to that Ludlow pick. Um but listen, we will be back next week. Uh, the conference tournaments will be still going, I, I think. Um, and, but we will talk about those, and we will also talk um, about more about state tournaments. No, I think no, they'll be done. Well, the SECs, oh, they'll be Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, the finals are Wednesdays Wednesday. and Thursdays. So. Uh, so we'll have a few more games, but we'll be halfway through. We can see how, uh, how my predictions did early on, and then we can talk more about the state tournament, which will be pretty much set at that point. We can see where everyone's going what everyone's doing. Uh, we want to thank Anthony Russell once again for coming on with us this week. Thank you very much, Coach. Thank you for your uh, for your kids for 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 being on the interview as well. Yeah, and they were very polite and quiet, and they were in, they were intrigued. Didn't Woody, know they were there. Woody and Buzz to the rescue. Woody to infinity and beyond. Oh goodness! <laughs> All right. So, with on that note, for Pete, I'm Scott. We will see you next time. Whee!
<laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> 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 